interesting how I'm learning, actually. I took it upon myself to do this mitzvah, which I hope that everyone uh, also starts to do it because it's very, very important for us in terms of loving uh, having a Havas Israel, one of the things that is contingent upon us is to also judge favorably and also to learn how to not say anything in terms of Lashon Ara. Very, very important, very important, the laws of Lashon Ara. And it, I, I really urge, I urge, I beg everyone to please learn the Chilchots of Lashon Ara. It just takes three minutes a day. I know that Rabbi Daniel Broad from Harnolf, Baruch Hashem Sadiq, put together a small little book that a person can just read. And it's very practical. Every day you take two lessons a day and you learn it. And that will bring Yeshuot for everyone, that's also one of the merits that we should do, and also help us to really, really, really love Havas, Havas Israel. And so, I want to then, with that being said, let's start and these lessons. And uh, of course, before I start the lesson, I, I omitted it yesterday. I forgot. I'm so sorry. But we want to get into the custom of before we do anything to thank Hashem for the ability that we have that we're able to do it. So I want to go to Psalm 100. And those of you can join me, please join me. And I'm going to say it in English because it's a language that I understand. And I always say to people, please, if you can, daven in what you know, the words that you're saying. Because when you do Tehillim and the words that you are familiar with, then those words penetrate your heart. If we're just doing things robotically and we're saying it, Lashon HaKodesh, which is amazing, but if it's not penetrating your heart, then what are you doing? It, the purpose is to penetrate your heart, to open your heart. And all of these lessons that we're learning is for that purpose, is to help us open our hearts. And so Tehillim 100... Uh, we're going to start by thanking Hashem for the ability to learn what it is to love His children. Because if you don't love His children, then we can't love Hashem. So a psalm of thanksgiving. Call out to Hashem, everyone on earth. Serve Hashem with gladness. Come before Him with joyous song. Know that Hashem, He is God. It is He who made us and we are His. His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For Hashem is good and His kindness is eternal. From generation to generation is His faithfulness. Baruch Hashem. So now let's get started with our lessons here. Um, hold on a minute. Let me see where I am. Okay, so let's go now to the obligation as brought down by the base Halevi to love one's fellow Jew. So the commandment to love every Jew is a positive commandment. It says in Vayikra, you shall love your fellow as yourself. And in the chapter of Bamei Madlikin, the, the second chapter of Tractate Shabbat in 31a, the sages say regarding this positive commandment, this principle encompasses all of the Torah in its all entirety. So for this attitude prevents jealousy and anger and similar emotions from entering one's heart. Big thing to know, guys, big thing to, to know. So let me continue to elaborate. So the Beis Halavi begins with his essay, a significant statement. Loving every Jew is a mitzvah. So we often assume that loving another Jew is merely an admirable character trait or an act of kindness. But we think it is done by no means uh, obligatory. So this is a big mistake. Loving another Jew is in fact an obligatory mitzvah, just like any other mitzvah. It's one of the 613 commandments of our Torah. We could find that in, in uh, Ramban and Sefer Hamizvot. So furthermore, 
most of our emphasis is placed on the study and performance of the mitzvot that include an action such as the mitzvah of shofar, lulav, matzah, tefillin, and the like. As a result, the mitzvot that are the duties of the heart, such as loving another Jew, are often considered secondary. Chovos <laughs> alevavos, which has an introduction, elaborates on this and makes the point very clear. All mitzvot should be regarded as equal. So we see that also in the Peleoet, in the Havas Re'im. So the wording of the Beis HaLevi, to say to love every Jew, would imply that the love of every single individual Jew is a separate mitzvah on its own. And therefore, the more Jews one loves, the more mitzvot one accrues. Listen to that, guys. We were talking yesterday, I have a, I have a separate shiur going on on Bitahon and Munan Bitahon and Shahara Bitahon, which is the fourth gate, Ahavosa Levavos. And we were talking about the importance about accumulating mitzvot in our time. Right now, the two things that are going to help us come through anything and to give us yeshivot is Abdut. And also to accumulate as many mitzvot as we can so we can tip the scales. Haham, Hakam, um, Yaakov Hillel mentioned this in the Shior. And those of you that want, would like to have a clip, I will send you the clip so you can listen how important it is to do mitzvot in this time. And so then, to love every Jew, every single Jew, each time you do that individually is a mitzvah within itself. So the wording of the Beis HaLevi, to love every Jew, would, would would imply that the love of every single individual Jew is a separate mitzvah on his own. So guess what? The more one, the more Jews one love. Let's elaborate again. I'm repeating this again because it's important. The more mitzvot one accrues. So based on this concept, the altar of Kelm points out that the mitzvah Ahavas Israel is unique. For in just one split second, one can fulfill millions of mitzvot at once. And there's no other mitzvah that shares this phenomenon. He asks that this is why the Yetzirah makes it so difficult to fulfill this mitzvah, guys. For he knows how many mitzvot one can achieve by loving other Jews. However, this concept is based on the opinion of the Beis HaLevi, which mentioned in a further essay stating that this mitzvah can be fulfilled with mere love in the heart without any specific action just feeling that love for Cloud Israel we could we accumulate this mitzvah listen to this carefully guys because this is like a freebie for you if you didn't know that how much marriage you'll accumulate just by doing this so the Torah states that you shall love your fellow Jew as yourself the simple meaning as of yourself is that every person loves himself and would do anything for his own benefit so too this is how we should act towards others so Rav Yaakov Naaman and Darchei Musham and Parashah adds another dimension to this statement he quotes the altar of Kelm who says regarding the mitzvah of tzedakah charity that one who gives charity only to fulfill the mitzvah and not out of feeling the pain, not out of feeling the pain of the person in need, does not fulfill the mitzvah in its complete sense. The goal and focus of the mitzvah of charity is to attain the level that one forgets that it's a mitzvah, and instead one's main focus is to give the charity, because if one's fellow is in need, one should feel as if he himself is needy. That is what love your fellow as yourself means. So just as one loves himself without the need for a commandment, so too one should love his fellow in the same fashion guys the Beis HaLavi also refers to the Gemara here that we spoke earlier Shabbat um, 31 that recounts a well known incident of Hillel and a potential convert a man 
who wished to convert came before Shammai asking to be taught the entire Torah was standing on one foot. So Shammai immediately dismissed them. The man then came before Hillel with the same request. And Hillel replied, that which is hurtful to you, do not do to another. And that's the entire Torah. Go and learn the rest. So the Kliyakar in, in, in the book of Vayikra writes that this man had no intention of making an audacious request. He meant to say that since he was hoping to convert and he was new to the religion, he was afraid that he might not remember all the details of the Torah. And therefore he wanted to know what is the primary foundation upon which the entire Torah rests. He was alluding to this in his words on one foot, meaning that that it has one fundamental principle. So the Beis HaLevi includes an additional word, main principle to the text of the Gemara. This does not appear in our text, right? So however, the Talmud in Yushalayim and the Nadarim states, states uh, here uh, the word kol, kolel does, does appear. Uh, the Yushalayim further quotes the Ben Azai, the son-in-law of Rabbi Akiva, who has a different view as to which verse is the great principle of the Torah. Ben Azai says, this is the account of the descendants of man. This is, we find this in Bereshit. That is the great principle of the Torah. What is the meaning of Ben Azai's statement? The Sefer of Mizvot HaKatan in Mitzvah number 9 explains that the Ben Azai is actually referring to the end of the verse, which states that man was created in the image of Hashem. So he says that another reason that one must love his fellow Jew, since every Jew is an image of God. And although Rabbi Akiva had quoted the verse, Lehavata Lerecha Kamuha, Ben Azai said that this is not enough. For based on the wording of love your fellow as yourself, one might think that if one doesn't care for oneself, in a certain case, he may treat another person the same way. But that's wrong. Man was created in the likeness of God. So forget about yourself and how you think and feel. Look at him the way he is and treat him with the respect due to the likeness of Hashem, guys. When we look at a fellow yin, we're not going to say, I'm going to treat him like I treat myself or love him like I love myself. Some of us don't even love ourselves enough. Right? We're not going to treat the other person like that. We're going to treat the other person because he's an image of Hashem and we're going to treat him as such. So the Chidah in his commentary to Sefer Hasidim adds, this concept is implicit in Hillel's response to the man who came before him. What you don't want done to you, don't do to another. So a person has to put himself in that person's place. How would you feel based on the way he looks at matters? You know that if, a per, that if some action bothers you, you wouldn't want it done to you. So therefore, whatever it is that bothers him, don't do to him. Thinking this way causes us to break out of our egocentric behavior. We all tend to look at things through our own lens. But sometimes we have to view things through the other person's lens and think about what his needs are. We, we, uh, the Pelelowetz, Yowetz, brings that down as well. Bahavan, Bahavan, Bali 1 and Siman 37 understands that Benazai is indeed referring to the beginning of the verse and offers a fascinating explanation. Benazai teaches that one must love his fellow as if he were his own child, for the Torah calls him the descendants of man, meaning that you should love him as if he were your own offspring. Rabbi Akiva disagrees. One must love his fellow not as if he were his own child, but as if he were himself. Ravan concludes these two sages both agree that one must love his fellow to the utmost degree. 
they are debating if one loves himself more than his child or vice versa. So there are many explanations of why the mitzvah of loving a fellow Jew is considered such a fundamental principle of the entire Torah, guys. The Beis Halavi maintains that the reason is that by loving another Jew, a person eradicates all detrimental feelings of jealousy, anger, and the like. So how can one possibly love his fellow to the point that he has absolutely no negative feeling towards him? Aren't we all human? So the Yerushalayimi in, in, in the Dharam explains with a parable. Imagine someone who is cutting meat and he accidentally cuts his finger. Would he hit the hand that cut him? Of course not. He wouldn't. He wouldn't retaliate against his own hand. So too, one must understand that all Jews... Every single Jews are like the many limbs that comprise a body, guys. We are all united, for we all share one soul. And therefore, just as one is not jealous of himself, he should not be jealous of his fellow. So we could see here from these teachings, guys, that basically loving your fellow Jew is amazing, amazing opportunity for a mitzvah. So I want to give some insights here and bring it down also from the Beis HaLevi how much of a mitzvah it is. There's a concept that Halacha knows as mitzvot zrichos kavana. Mitzvot require intent, which means that when one performs any mitzvah commanded by the Torah, he has to have in mind that he intends to fulfill the mitzvah. Like for example, before putting on tzitzit, you know, for the men in the morning, a person has to have in mind that he's fulfilling the commandment to do so. So what about the mitzvah of loving another Jew? So it's intent required only for mitzvot that are ben adam lemakom, between man and Hashem, or is intent also applicable to mitzvot that are ben adam lechavero, between man and his fellow. So the Hofet Haim states that even mitzvot between man and his fellow require intent. So the mitzvah of lehavata lerecha kamoha is no different. Although one might be fulfilling the mitzvah due to an incentive which, which is permitted, nevertheless one should at the same time intend to fulfill the mitzvah. And so the Sefer Habris point out that even though the mitzvah of Ehavata Le'reacha Kamucha is a logical mitzvah, nevertheless one must still keep in mind that he's performing it because Hashem commanded him to do it. So based on this, the Sefer Habris explained, this is why the verse states, you shall love your friend as yourself. I am Hashem, Ani Hashem. The end of the verse implies that you shall love your friend because I, Hashem, commanded you to do so. Don't love people just because you're a good human being. You should love people because Hashem told you to. Because it's a mitzvah to love Jewish people. And so additionally, the, the, the Sefer Habri cites a Mishnah, a Mishnah. And this Mishnah says, Your friend's money should be as dear to you as your own. And it concludes, And all of your deeds should be for the sake of Hashem. He explains that treating your friend's money as dearly as your own is required by Behavata Lerecha Kamuha. But it must stem from the sake of Hashem. So therefore, the next time you're doing something nice for another person, like giving someone a ride, you should pause for a moment and reflect that by doing so, you're fulfilling one of the Torah's 613 commandments. This will take doing something nice and transforming it into fulfillment of a mitzvah. 
So in his last will and testament to his family, the great Sadiq, Rav Alexander Ziskin, author of Yesod Veshoresh HaAvodah, shares the same concept. He writes that a person must look at its mitzvah just as any other mitzvah. He provides his example that once he saw someone with a small tear in his clothing, and before he went to tell the man about the tear, he said, Hashem, I am not ready to fulfill the mitzvah, the mitzvah of Kamoha. As you commanded in the Torah. Then he told the man, my friend, my brother, small tears become big tears. Please sew up the tear before it becomes larger. He wrote that, he wrote this in this powerful, this is a powerful thing to do, saying, I testify my children that I felt the same tremendous happiness in my heart after I suggested to this man that he mend the tear in his closing as when I fulfilled the positive mitzvah of putting on tefillin we have countless opportunities to fulfill mitzvot guys countless countless of opportunities that we have right in front of us let's take advantage of it Rav Haim Kamnievsky says in the name of his Rebbe Rav Elia in the early 1990s um, a man was responsible for all the charity funds in the city which was quite a prestigious and important responsibility when he was asked how he emerited such a lofty position he related that he was a pharmacist and the Hofitzheim had once visited his town so the Hofitzheim came to this pharmacy and told this man that he envied him because he's constantly doing mitzvot day and night providing people with life saving and pain alleviating medicines the pharmacist dismissed the compliment saying that it was his business. He wasn't doing it as a hesed. The Hofesheim replied, if you have intent to do it as a mitzvah, then all of your dealings will turn into mitzvot. So from then on, the man did just that. One mitzvah led to the next and eventually he was put in charge of all the city's charity funds. The power of a mitzvah is exceptional, but it must be a mitzvah. Just a little concentration can turn a simple business transaction into a priceless mitzvah, guys. Rav Moshe Aaron Stern, the Meshkiyak Yeshiva's Kamenetsk said, related that Rav Eliyahu Lopian asked them, in your opinion, you, who are the greatest ballet chesed of our generation? So Rav Stern listed many philanthropists, but Rav Eliyahu said, no, you are mistaken. Amazingly, he continued, the greatest ballet chesed of our generation are the policemen because they make sure that there is law and order. And the Mishnah in Abos states that if we did not have fear of government, people would swallow each other alive. So in fact, they are the greatest ballet chesed. So Rav Elia then added something powerful. Listen to this. And if that's the case, that they do so much chesed, why aren't they uplifted by it? Why don't they seem like special people? He answered that it was because they don't have the intention to fulfill the mitzvah when they do it. Therefore, their good deeds will have no effect on them. Are we listening to the power of kavana, the power of intention, the power of knowing that this is a mitzvah? We have to start doing this like yesterday, like now, right now. So the twofold mitzvah here, Regarding the proper attitude towards Ahavaz Israel, we seem to find two conflicting approaches, right? On one hand, as previously mentioned, Ahavaz Israel is a mitzvah just like any other. And, on, and, and one must have prior intention to fulfill it. But on the other hand, we are taught that just one, that one should not treat Ahavaz Israel merely as an obligation. Rather, one should truly feel towards his fellow Jew as if the other person were himself. He should not focus on fulfilling the mitzvah. How can we reconcile these two concepts?
How? So Rab Moshe Feinstein Ave Shalom says regarding the Korbanos of Pesach and the Torah states, you shall offer an Ola to Hashem. Two young bulls, one ram, seven male lambs. So Rashi brings from the Midrash that the bulls correspond to Abraham Avinu. As the Torah says in Bereshit, when his three guests arrived, Abraham took a calf and tender and good. So Rab Moshe points out that the Pesach offering requires two bulls. But Abraham, on the simple level, ran to fetch one calf. Why then must there be two bulls for the Yola? He explains that act of hesed has two separate components and both are true. First, when one performs an act of hesed, he should be doing it because Hashem commanded it. But at the same time, one should also do it out of his concern for another. Abraham wasn't obligated to do hesed that day because of his recent circumcision and because due to the intense heat, there were no travelers on the road. But since he was so much wanted to help others, Hashem sent him the three angels, thus enabling him to perform the mitzvah. Thus, there were two aspects of Abraham's conduct, his love and desire to do kindness and the performance of the mitzvah. Both are true. So therefore, the two bulls are brought for the korban. In remembrance of Abraham, he took one calf to do his act of kindness, but there were two aspects to his acts of hesed. So in the back of your mind, when we do hesed, we have to know that it's a mitzvah. We aren't doing it because we are kind people or because it seems like it's the right thing to do. But the goal of the mitzvah is to perfect our hearts to the point that we are mitzvah driven. We do it because we want to do it. But at the same time, we know that it's a mitzvah. So that is what Behavata Lereha Kamoha should be. It's a mitzvah, guys. And it's so delicious when we know what it is and what it brings us and how much goodies we get from it, how much rewards we get from it in the next world in Shemaim, and how much rewards we can even get for it, Bezrat Hashem in this world. So to continue further, the unknown Jew, as, as mentioned in the Mitzvah of Havas Israel, can be fulfilled millions of times in one split second. As for each and every individual Jew whom one loves, one fulfills another mitzvah. One might wonder about this if you don't know someone and you have never seen him or heard of him. How can you love this unknown Jew? So Mesech Chokma uh, gives a, a powerful, a beautiful answer based on the verse, Behavata Lerecha Kamocha, Ani Hashem. And you shall love your fellow as yourself, I'm Hashem. There's a mitzvah to love Hashem. But have we ever seen him? Huh? Has anybody ever seen Hashem? No. Can we grasp Hashem with our senses? Can you? No. And yet we have a commandment to love him. So too the Torah says, love your fellow as yourself, even if you've never seen him. I am Hashem. Love him just as you love Hashem, although you have never seen Hashem. So if you see a Jew walking down the street, even if you see only his back, say to yourself, I love that man. I love that man. He's a Jew. I love that man. So if you see a car pass by with a bumper sticker that says, I'm the proud parent of a student of such and such a Shiva, you should think, I love that family. Even if the windows on their car are tinted and you can't see inside, doesn't matter. Even if you walk by a house, do as Rabbi Avigdor Miller teaches. Amazing. If you see a mezuzah on the door, say, I love all the family who lives in this house. Even if you don't know their names, it makes no difference, guys. Rehavata, Lerechaka Mocha does not need a name and it doesn't need a face. 
just like Ani Hashem. Do you get the powerful secret here, guys? It's like it's so simple. We're revealing it before your very, very eyes. How many mitzvahs we can accumulate just by loving each and every Jew for no reason? Just love them. Just because you don't have to know them. Just love the fact that he's Jewish and we're 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 actually loving Kadosh Baruch himself. So the foundation of the entire Torah, the Shelah Hakadosh writes a fascinating insight. He quotes from a teaching of the Geonim, which states that 10 commandments are comprised of 620 letters. The numerical value of the word Keser, crown, is 620. And it alludes to the Keser Torah, the Tron of Torah. Additionally, the 613 corresponds to the 613 mitzvot, leaving seven letters unaccounted for. So the Shelah quotes a standard explanation that these seven extra letters correspond to the seven rabbinical mitzvot. And these seven mitzvot are reciting a bracha before any pleasure, watching Netilat Yadayim, lighting Shabbat candles, making any rule, reciting Halal, and celebrating at the festivals of Hanukkah and Purim. So however, the Shalalan offers a different approach. He suggests examining the last seven letters of the Ten Commandments, huh? which compromise the words, Asher, this that belongs to your fellow. That 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 belongs to your fellow in Shmot. He explains that those seven letters allude to the mitzvah of Kamoha. You shall love your fellow as yourself because these two words speak of respect for a fellow Jew. As mentioned, Hilal taught that mitzvah of loving your fellow is the foundation of the entire Torah. Therefore, the first 613 letters in the Ten Commandments are founded upon the final letters which allude to the mitzvah. Listen to this, guys. It's all in our Torah. This is like coming out. What is good for him? What's good for him, right? The Sefer Beisistak relates the following incident. So Amagid, a preacher, came to the city of Kovno, and he arrived at the Bet Midrash of the philanthropist Rabzvi Novioski. The man wanted to give a speech in the Bet Midrash, but Rabzvi declined. So since Ashur, uh, he wished to attend, was already scheduled to be given at the Bet Midrash at that time. The Magid pleaded that he be allowed, please, to speak, as this was his source of Parnassah. Rabbi Israel Salanter was, pres- was present at the Bet Midrash and saw and, 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 and shared with Rabzvi the following thought. The Gemara relates that Hillel told the non-Jew who wished to convert, what you don't want done to you, you shouldn't do to your fellow. So this statement evokes the verse, you shall love your fellow as you love yourself. But however, Hillel mentions only only the negative aspect of it. That is, that it mentions only what you don't want done to you. Why didn't Hillel tell the non-Jew what you want done to you? You should do to your fellow. Huh? Rabbi Israel explained, if one does for his fellow what he wants for himself, that is not true love. Often what one may think is good for himself is not really good for his fellow. As we see in this case, it may seem that it's good for you to attend the other shiur, and you want the magi to attend the shiur as well, but in truth this man needs parnasah. At this moment he has a family to feed. For him the good thing to do is not to listen to a shiur, but to deliver his speech to enable him to raise money. So therefore the proper attitude is what you don't want done to yourself 
don't do to your fellow even if in this instance it's good for you you would not want people to interfere with your business if you don't enable him to give his speech that's bad for him and you don't want people to do bad to you so this teaching of Rav Yisrael Salanter can be seen in another instance Rav Natali Amsterdam one of Rav Israel's prime students asked him for advice regarding a disagreement that he had with his wife. So his wife was insisting that it was time that he bought himself a new suit. And Rav Natali felt it was not, it was not necessary. It was not unnecessary. What should he do? So Rabbi Israel replied, there's a level of chesed where one understands someone else's need for a given item and sees to it that he receives it. For example, if I think you need a coat, I'll buy you a coat. However, there's a higher level of chesed when one provides someone with something that the giver feels is unnecessary. For example, if your friend may think that he needs a suspenders and while you see you no need for them, you buy them for him anyway. Rabbi Israel recognized that his Talmud's wife felt it's important for whatever reason that her husband have a new suit. Therefore, even though Rav Natali himself did not feel the need for a new suit, he should purchase one in order to satisfy his wife. So Rav Michel Berenbaum, the Mashiach in Mesifta Tiferet, Jerusalem, on the Lower East Side, related the following incident, illustrating this idea. One Shabbat morning, Rav Moshe Feinstein Avishalom, was on his way home when suddenly a man stepped out of another shul. He stopped him and spoke to him. So Rav Moshe entered the man's shul with him, took off his coat and sat at a table and made a bracha on a piece of cake. He ate half the piece, leaving the rest on the table. On the way home, his student asked Rav Moshe what, that was, what was that all about. So he explained that the man was a Hasidic Jew. So the Hasidim have a custom to eat Shiaim leftovers from a Sadiq's meal. They believe that there's something special in eating a Sadiq's leftover food. So Rav Moshe, however, was of Lithuanian descent. This was not his custom or belief. Nevertheless, Rav Moshe explained that Hasid asked me if I would eat a piece of cake so that he could take some of the Shariam. So although it's not my custom, it's his custom, I did not want to diminish the Shabbat joy. I did not want to diminish it. So I took the piece of cake and I made him happy. So that's genuine Ahavas Israel, doing what he wants, not what I want. Do we get that, guys? So we have to work on the good. So the Beis Alavi teaches that when one focuses on the mitzvah, on the mitzvah of loving a fellow Jew, right? On loving a fellow Jew, this will remove from him all jealousy, hatred, and negative feelings. Based on this concept, the Midrash Shmuel explains that the Mishnah that states your fellow's honor should be as dear to you as your own and don't be easily angered. These two teachings are connected. The way to overcome anger is through working on respecting one another. A ballet Musar provides a principle that I heard from Rabbi Shlomo Wolbe based on the Pasuk, turn from evil and do good. That's in Tehillim 34. Basically, this means one must first stop doing evil and only then can one focus on doing good. So however, the Balei Musar and the Hedushe Harim explain differently. The way to turn from evil is by focusing on doing good. So for example, a person who wants to control his temper can work on this, not by trying to not become angry, but another way and perhaps a more effective method is to work on speaking softly, concentrate on positive things through placing emphasis on positive 
the negative will gradually disappear, guys. That's what the base Levi here is telling us. The power of Havas Israel is that by working on the positive, one will eliminate the negative. Oh my gosh, what a powerful lesson, guys. So with that being said, we're at 31 minutes. I don't want to be running overtime because I know that people have what to do. But I want to say, Azuk Baruch, we have learned a lot and we're starting to learn. This is just the tip of the iceberg here, guys. So if we think we know what it is to love Klad Israel, guess what? We, we need to learn some more because we really, truly don't know what it is. Did you know? Did you know by listening to the Shior that by just loving Klad Israel, you've accumulated all the mitzvahs of all of Klad Israel just by loving everyone that's in Klad Israel? So if there's 15 billion, if 15 million, 15 trillion people in Klad Israel, Bezat Hashem, 15 trillion, let's say, or kazillion or whatever, you've accumulated that many mitzvot. Even by not knowing them, you don't need to them as we said do you know Hashem have you seen Hashem no do you have to see every Jew no you just have to love them so this is the message of the day go out today the practical tip as we're ending every shiur we're a tackless tackless for the day every time you pass by and you see a mezuzah every time you pass by and you see a Jew every time you pass by and you see anyone that's Jewish you will say I love him I love everyone in that house. I love that car and everyone everyone that's in that car. I love that yid. I love every little kid in that gun. I love every little boy in that yeshiva. I love everyone in that kolo. Every single one. And how many mitzvahs you will accumulate is beyond our imagination. So go in. Hashem just opened the door to the Federal Reserve, to the, to, to the, to the bank. It's open. Go in there and grab as many good golden nuggets as you can because Bezrat Hashem, Klad Israel needs it. But remember, we have to have the Kavana for it. So Bezrat Hashem, we're going to continue with these powerful lessons. Bezrat Hashem, with Siata Dishmaya tomorrow.